Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io. Matt DeCourcy here with another Matt, not Watson. Better Matt, Matt yeah. Basinger. You know what? I'm going for that. I'll go. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree largely because you're here. I appreciate so that. So due to, and by the way, of all Matt's on this podcast, you definitely have the most potential. Yes. I just like making fun of people who can't defend themselves. Yeah, I know. That's and well, if Matt, if the other Matt was here, we could still do that. Yeah, I know. Anyway, we miss you, Watson. Come back and do podcasts with us. He'll be back soon. So, Matt, you are the CEO of SwellSpark. Yeah, you guys do some fun and interesting stuff, and we're going to talk all about it. I'd love it. What is SwellSpark? Right? Do you want me to answer? I don't know. I, I believe that Swell. Let me let me take a guess. Is SwellSpark possibly an interactive experience startup? You are, I don't know how you know so much about me. Clairvoyance. There it is. It's also the internet. And you also told me before we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what the hell is that? So I have been to one of your, your businesses where I threw axes. Yep. And it was fun. Yep. And I also realized I should never piss off my wife who was with me, who is like, pretty much like a world-class axe throwing champion what's uh, what's wild about it is it's a new thing for almost everyone who comes in right and what we found is a lot of a lot of guys in particular they come in and they don't want to listen to the directions or the instructions <laughs> and uh because in the grand scheme of things axe throwing is actually a pretty easy thing to do it's geometry and that's that's really about it it's not like a strength game it's like darts they're just bigger and a little bit sharper so we find a lot of times that guys will come in and they'll get worked by their female friends because the gals actually pay attention to instructions yeah. and they listen to the coaches and they end up being yeah. really, really good at what they do. So let me let me paint the visual picture of my so blade and timber. Yep. And you know uh, this kind of experienced based retail, it's non traditional. It's not your normal stuff. I mean, for real. Like, okay, first off, thank you. Because throwing, I, I like legitimately am one of those people like, dude, if I could throw axes right now, I would. Right. So we went and did it. So you basically, and I, and hopefully this is portrayed in the way that you would, you would like to, but you can picture something with alleys or lanes, mm -hmm. like a bowling alley is not the right way to truly describe it, but the concept of it. So you have your own, you have your own section. Mm -hmm. You're what, 12 to 15 feet away That's from a right. wooden target on the wall. Yep. And then uh, you go in, you check in, they give you a wristband to make sure you don't get too drunk while you're throwing axes. No drunk. But give <sighs> you a little bit of room. Sure. Because, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And then um, you do get some instruction from someone that I don't know if they are, are they they're, certified, they're they're, but they, they tell you, they say, look, this is how you play the game. This yep. is how you do it. This is how you avoid hurting yourself or someone else here. Right. Yep. And then you kind of get to do what you do. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, axe throwing, like if you look at every single, it's going to happen to this podcast, right? The comments is they're going to say alcohol and axe throwing. What could go wrong? I said that and actually like when I walked it's in. The, it, yeah. It's the easiest thing to say. And if you look at every news article, that's what folks say. And nothing has, right? Because we do like we work with an organization called Axe Safety. All of our coaches go through a certification process. Like we, we put some time and effort and attention and energy into making this a fun and safe thing. Um, and by the way, realistically, you'd have to be a real dumbass to hurt yourself yeah, or like, like, because like it really is safe. I mean, whether you're like drinking a couple of beers, like you'd have to be like, you have to try to, you would have to try to you hurt would. yourself. Yeah, like you, it, I did never at any point did I feel unsafe or insecure or anything like that. I mean, I would have had to have like turned around backwards and thrown an ax at someone. Yep. And, and that's not allowed for the record. Yeah. But yeah. You know, so it what even if you like come 10 times in a row or something like that, not, like there's maybe, no punch card. Maybe the 27th time we'd consider it. But no, you know, we, <laughs> but probably the, not. the idea is that it's fun and it's different. And, um, 
yeah, you just look at tradition. You were talking about retail, right? Yeah. And so it's like a lot of folks ask me how I got into this. And, you know, I was a high school guidance counselor before this. And all of a sudden we're doing escape rooms and we're doing axe throwing. And I just see the value in people doing stuff together. Like yeah. it seems like such a dumb idea to say, like people like to have fun. It's and not so, really a dumb idea. That's kind of like what most of us are trying to do, really trying to do it is, with but, our day, but, but I don't think not always use, accomplishing it. We don't use words that simple, I don't think, yeah. right? Like fun almost has this cheap tone to it. Like, like a girl's just want to have fun song, right? It's like, oh, that, but like, what about things that have value? And what about you're like working hard? And it's like, no, nah, man, those things are great. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's really important that people have fun. And so that you know historically it was bowling it was dinner and a movie it was going out and it was it was all this stuff that i think our generation for better or worse we just like to try new things well and i think that's exact i think that's the key to the whole thing is is it is something different yeah you guys do a really brilliant job of getting people to share the experience sure like, so here I am, if I came with, well, I went with my wife, but I see a lot. I've seen so many people at your place. Once again, that's Blade and Timber. Is that bladeandtimber.com? It is. is it? Yep. Okay. So, and that's the straight A and D version, not no a No ampersand. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't think you can ampersand on the world wide web. I don't know if you can. Yeah. It's a good, I, <laughs> if anyone should know, it should probably be me. And Come I don't, on. I know. I'm getting there. You know, the important thing to remember is that I'm smart and I will catch up eventually. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. You know, I think, all right, first off, I know I heard about your business by watching the viral boost that your existing, uh, that your existing clients or participants were creating online. So, and I saw people sometimes with their wife, but I saw a lot of people, like, like you said, like that, that group experience, people with their, their coworkers or other friends and stuff like that. And then, you know, you guys do a great job of encouraging that like, Hey, you know, let's all take a picture. And, and you, you know, I posted a video of my wife. And on her very first throw, who literally cut that red circle in half. That's awesome. I know. And it, I was like, also, it, it was terrifying. Because <laughs> she had some velocity and yeah. like nailed it. And I was like, man, I need to I get think rid of all the axes at my house. It's a very empowering thing when you realize you could do something that seemed undoable, right? Yeah. It's like, who, what type, like, you picture these big, burly lumberjacks but you don't need to beads, be, man. No. The axes were manageable. Like yep. they, they, your guy taught. It was a. It was a dude. He taught us the a one handed throw, mm-hmm. a two handed approach, and like. Did you do two axes? Yeah, I did eventually because you know, you as yep. after about ten throws, you know, in my mind, I had become world class. Of course. Yeah. So I mean, if I could have done a third one, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's a. So we we have a thirty six thousand square foot warehouse in Kansas City. Um, we're, a, a, I think, kind of a fascinating company because we design and build and install just about everything that we do. And so um, when we first learned about axe throwing, we saw at a pub in London and we saw a group that was doing it up in Toronto. And this was two and a half years ago. And so we have, you know, like, like a stereotypical startup, we have ping pong and we had arcade games and we have all this stuff that you can do. Um, and it's like a warehouse space. So we were making up games that was like skateboard, wiffle ball, and just all all the fun stuff. So let's back up. You have a th- at this. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a thirty six thousand square foot warehouse. Yeah, but you hadn't done the axe business yet. Right. So what were you doing that with that? Because right. that's a lot so of space, backup. dude. That's a huge amount of space. We got it. We got to back up to context, right? Can we just yeah. go on a journey? Do it. There it is. So um, our first uh, our first customer facing business was Breakout KC, which has been probably one of the highest volume escape rooms in the country. Okay. Um, we expanded that from one to six locations over the course of two years. Our second location, you know, you go from Kansas City and the the next easiest thing to do is Honolulu. So we opened Breakout Waikiki, (laughs) ended up hosting President Obama there. From KC to Hawaii. Yeah, I hope we can talk about hosting Obama and his family because that was a trip. But Why not? um, The short of the long And by the way, Barry, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Come on down to Kansas City. Come on. Eat some barbecue with us. I'm buying. We... um, we like to be an immersive experience mm-hmm. uh, with breakout. And so we were, people would go in and they would try to, you know, like they'd see a photo frame. They'd be like, man, I think there's a secret door behind this photo frame. Like, let's rip it off the wall and see. And so they'd rip the photo frame off and we're, we're good with it because we're like, man, I want it to be an immersive experience. And if they can get the photo frame off the wall, I want them to do that. The byproduct is we were going through literally a dozen photo frames a week because you'd have bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, just people who are 
I mean, they want to win, right? So what do you do when you want to win? Like everything, mm-hmm. you do everything you can do. So we had to contract this company in Kansas City to start making photo frames. We're like, we need a single piece CNC, you know, walnut, one piece frame that's indestructible. And they made it. We went back to this company. We're like, hey, we're going to try this other prop. Can you make this? And they made it. And then we start growing. So it's like, hey, can you make 12 of these? Can you make 24 of these? And it got to the point that this company couldn't take on other clients. They were just a little boutique CNC shop. So we just bought the shop. We bought the entire CNC company, brought them over. They became kind of the first what corporate. What does CNC stand for? It's a great question. That's the part of the business I don't run. Ah. Uh, CNC is like, uh, I mean, it's like a drill bit basically on this big eight foot by four foot bed that can make really cool signs. Oh, it's a, fabri- it's a fabrication tool. Okay, yeah, sure, fabrication sure. Tool. Well, like here, our startup hustle sign exactly. so is plasma cut. This exactly. is a giant piece of aluminum. Yep. And then how so, did it get cut? Well, it's crazy that water. Yes, yeah, so that's a plasma that. CNC, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah, so- sure. So we were making all of our props mostly with CNC and then a lot of just manual labor. Um, but the byproduct of that as we grew was we got this really incredible staff of folks who worked in the contracting world, people who were amazing framers, people who worked with their hands. And so, yeah, so that became the shop, right? And then the shop grew. We were doing things both through breakout, but we were also building for escape rooms literally all over the world. We installed an escape room in Singapore. We've done work for folks down in, in Austin. I mean, so you, yes. you branched, you immediately branched out past your own stuff right. and became the authority or the advisor, consultant, whatever you want to call sure. it, fabricator. Yep. So let's talk, I want to talk about escape rooms yeah. for a bit, because I know that the concept has been around for a while, but these things really got popular yeah. over the last five years. And I know that because I, so I am the founder of Gigabook. It's a booking platform. Mm-hmm. And we had like huge influx and in inquiries over a, like a two year period yep. from escape rooms yeah. and there was no booking solution for it. And a right. couple of our competitors kind of beat us to making that, but yeah, but I noticed I started looking, I was like, what the at first I was like, what the hell's an escape room? Yeah. I still, every day, like when I tell someone who I meet, I'm like, I'm, we were on an escape. I'm like, Oh, are those the things you put in your house when there's an intruder? Yeah, right. It's like, isn't that a panic room? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but the, but the escape rooms, uh, you know, it's basically a mystery puzzle right. problem solving kind of thing. You and, know, puzzle palace doesn't yeah. have the sexiness. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like, and so, and even escape room, honestly, is kind of a bad name, but it's these epic adventures sure. that you get to go on. Like you get to be Jason once, Bourne in the Once movie. again, group experience. Yeah. yeah. And so we did, I, I approached Ryan, my business partner. Um, and I was like, dude, I think I can concept these puzzles, but I can't build for crap. So mm-hmm. can you help me build them? And he came from a construction background as well. He's like, yeah, I'll help you build them. And so we built the first thing, just completely bootstrapped, did it ourselves. And But the moment for us, like escape rooms were awesome. We were probably one of the first 20 escape rooms in the country. By the time we built our six, there were 2,200 escape rooms in the United States. That's over a two-year period. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's that, what I said. They went through this, industry, like uh, all of a sudden they were everywhere. It just blew up, right? So how did that affect you? Um in a weird way, like in Kansas city, we were, what's funny about Kansas city is we were like, we were the Kleenex of escape rooms and that in Kansas city and in Honolulu, the Kleenex people, of escape rooms. There we, there's them, our show title right there. <laughs> people call them breakout rooms in Kansas city, mm. like overwhelmingly. So compared to other markets, if you go to the Nashville or Los Angeles, they are called escape rooms or room escape games. And in Kansas city and in Honolulu, a lot of folks call them breakout rooms because we became the name brand. But when all of these other folks popped up, what's been really challenging is the appropriate education of our consumers. And what I mean by that, like, did you, did you see that McDonald's did this, uh, the Kansas city burger in London? No. All right. So look at the commercial, right? But McDonald's comes out, they're doing like this international menu and their burger that they're serving in the UK has a one sauce on it. And like the, the commercial was like, yeehaw, get the Kansas city burger. And it's like, Every single person here knows, like, no, that's not Kansas City food. Like, we're, I, we're a barbecue town. I travel around the world, and it's funny. So I was in Belarus uh, uh, nine months ago, and they were like, "Oh, Kansas City Cowboys!" Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't, uh, sure. I don't see cows right. like ever. So, yeah, but but that perception, and yeah, and then also like, yeah, we're a barbecue town, and I can't stand when I go places I'm like, oh yeah, Kansas City masterpiece. I'm like, thanks for taking the like worst barbecue sauce ever made and putting our city's name on it. And so that's how yeah. that's how the markets affect us. Yeah. And and what I'm getting at is, unfortunately, there's a lot of folks, and they go to the mom and pop knockoff, and that's their understanding of what an escape room is. Right. And 
because they don't know the difference between your best barbecue on earth and what you get at a fast food chain. Yeah. They, they think, oh, this is what an escape room is. Um, whereas we get into our experiences and they're, I mean, they're high dollar, they're nice builds, they're, they're a step above what you see at a lot of their places in the markets we're in. So, it, I mean, it certainly affected us from a sales standpoint and going from having one experience to 22, that changes things. Cause, well, because it's hard to, it's hard for the uninformed person, like, especially when you have something that's new, no, people don't really know. They're just like, hey, okay, I see it. I've always wanted to try one of those. And then they go do it. You're telling people that you exist and in the same breath, trying to tell them why you're different than the other groups that exist, that they're also just learning about in real time. So all that said, you know, we had to deal with that. Um, what we ended up doing to combat that in Kansas City in particular is open a second location so that we had one both downtown as well as the south suburbs here in Leewood, Kansas. Um, and and just really outmarket people. And right? where is that in um, Leewood? That's Park Place. So in 100, oh, okay, 117th sure. and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used um, to go over there all the time. Been over there, haven't been over there in a bit, but sure. But we had we had tremendous success with this, the escape rooms and we had success really early and, and sustained. But the moment for us, you know, when, when you're building something and when you work the stereotypical long hours of a startup, like we just lived on coffee, right? It was the long hours. And I remember vividly after we opened our first escape room, my business partner and I were walking behind this group of gals who had just escaped like 10 seconds to go. They're losing their mind. They're probably 17, right? And so they're walking to the same coffee shop that we're walking to. And from the moment they broke out of the room, they walk five, six blocks to key coffee in the river market. And they don't look at their phone. Like they're just talking to each other. Like, okay, I did the thing that helped the door open. And then how did you, how did this happen? And someone's like, oh, I did this other thing that, and they're just kind of re deconstructing the room. They get to the coffee shop, they make their order. They sit there for another 10 minutes and they haven't looked at their phones. And it was that moment. Let me, let me do the math. (laughs) That is the longest that teenagers did not look at their phone in America. So we were like, holy crap, we've made something that's better than your phone. Yeah. And I know that sounds really dumb. It doesn't though. But- so like, all right, so I'm a, I, I, I worked, I owned a business for eight years yep. where we were ticket brokers. Sure. So, and with that, prior to that, I worked in the music industry. Actually yesterday, my third book came out. It was about the music industry. And I, and because of being around all the, everything from event ticketing to live music, to being in musical instruments and stuff like that, I have learned to appreciate the power of experience. Mm -hmm. Even full scales, um, uh, marketing approach is experience based. Like we got tired of networking events. So we got a a suite at the sprint center and another one at the K and we literally host networking events there because I understand the the power of experience. Like, and you, you laugh like, okay, Matt, if I took you to, and, and your wife or your kids or whomever, or someone else you work with to go see new kids on the block, like, and you're laughing and chuckling because you're like, why would I go to that? Cause it would be fun and it would be something different. You will always remember me as the person who took you to that, whether it was terrible or great or whatever, because experience is powerful. Yeah. You can't undo that. I got to do a TEDx talk uh, back in December, January. You're never going to forget it. Right. But what we talked about, I mean, there's great research. There's Harvard based research and doctoral level research that shows that basically anything that you do in life if you do it with somebody else, it's better. Yeah, sure. Like a really crappy thing becomes slightly less crappy. That's a really that's amazing, amazing thing that becomes was, more amazing. That same research is why I needed you to come in and do the podcast with me. Because if I was just talking to myself, <laughs> it would have been a lot more challenging. Could, it'd still be with Matt and Matt. It just yeah, it would know. be you and your other person. This was a good vertical yeah. fit for me. Like I have <laughs> uh, my notes are like way shorter than ever. I I say that as if I want our listeners to to believe that um, we do any preparation for this other than like the three minutes. And by the way, if you want to see and confirm that my fat, my face is in fact made for radio, you can check out the new startup hustle YouTube channel or visit us on Instagram at, at startup hustle podcast. By the way, let's plug some more of your stuff. Cause I'm in that plugging kind of mood. Appreciate so you it. get blade and timber. Yep. Okay. Look, this is cool. Like, uh, and, and we have uh, a ton of listeners that are in Kansas city. Are your shops all in, in, KC? No. So, uh, Blade and Timber, we have 
uh, six locations. So we're at, we are KC based, right? Okay. So we have two in the KC Metro. We're in Wichita. We're in Lawrence. We're also in Seattle and Honolulu. Awesome. Um, and then we are expanding that actively. And so we hope to have a couple more uh, locations. I can't talk about them yet, That's but fine. if you're in the Pacific Northwest, we're coming, so we're coming if, at you. If I happen to be someone that was listening yep. to this show right now and I wanted to open an axe throwing thing, is that something I could contact you about or do you only do your own show? You know, we've done, we've done consulting. It's got to be the right fit. Okay. Um, we've, we're not a franchise model at this point. Okay. We, we like to have a high level of control, but, yep. um, you know, we're unique in that we have the resources to do things and do them sure. really well. And so we're about to open power and light or, I mean, it will be absolutely the nicest axe throwing facility in the country bar none. I guarantee it. But, but I want, and I want to stop because so much about this, uh, show is about trying to get people good advice and understanding. Like, look, a guy like Matt, who has an understanding of what you're trying to do is a worthwhile consultant to hire because, and sometimes people look at, they're like, Oh, I talked to, I tried to talk to a consultant and they were like 500 bucks an hour. I was like, cause that dude or gal is probably going to tell you more in five in one hour sure. than you're going to like, you were going to fail miserably. You're going to slow down your trajectory. Like as I've aged to the ripe age of 24, even though I look at 44, <laughs> wait, the other way around, I'm 44 and I look, no, I just look 54 at 44, but I've really learned to appreciate that part about business and the approach. Like, can I hire someone for even a short burst or an ongoing thing that's going to prevent my failure? Sure. So let's stop for a second and let's captain the fail boat here. There it is. Um, so what's something that you tried? So I would imagine with, with, uh, especially with maybe the, 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 um, escape rooms and breakout stuff, like there has to be something in there. Like those are all different experiences. Sometimes they probably fail or is there something different, <sighs> man? So the first escape room I ever opened, this is just, this is just for fun. And this, this is the new title, but you know, we, we don't know what we're doing. Like, we're just like, Oh, I think I can do an escape room and I think we can do is it. Is that well. the new title so, of the episode? We no, don't know. We're, we're going to, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so we, we do these beta tests, right. Of the very first escape room. And, you know, we have our friends and family start to go through and then we have other guests go through, but the very first group, um, goes through and they get the last puzzle of this first room. And they try the combination that's supposed to work to open this thing. And it doesn't work. I'm like, we're watching and listening. I'm like, the code is one, two, three, four. And I see them talking and I'm, I'm assuming that maybe they just put it in wrong. And then somebody else tries it. Like, no, I think the code's one, two, three, four. And they put in, it doesn't work either. So I'm like, dang it. Like, I hate the idea that I have to break the immersion and go in. Right. But I, I have to go in and I'm like, Hey guys, I got to check if this is working. I'm so sorry to interrupt your experience. I had to put in the right code and it doesn't work. And again, this is day one of this escape room. And so we don't have bolt cutters yet. But I did have like some garden shears, like these little like tin snip clippers. And I go in and I, the, the short of it is I end up cutting pretty deeply into my hand with this thing as I <laughs> cut the lock off. Dude, I, I pass out. I pee my pants while I'm passed out. What? Um, and, and try to recover from that. And you, you can't recover from that, right? No. Like there's no. No, I love to be optimistic here oh. and be like, dude, they didn't notice. They, they didn't remember. Matt. Yeah. So, you, they, you know, they, that's, you, you don't forget that. That's a funny failure, yeah. but I guess to take, were your, you okay? I was great. You know, I just found out that I pass out when I see my own blood. I didn't know that before. By the way, now it's we, weird. I, and I'm not, I'm, I don't pass out, but like, I've had that feeling yeah. like, like, whoa. Now, I mean, I didn't pee my pants. <laughs> I peed you my pants doing feeling. other things. So I'm not going to lie. Man, we have to talk about fail. Like it's happened, but no, you know, it's happened. Talking more. And I wasn't, and I wasn't a baby. I think the heart of your question, like big failures, right? And we've, cause we've had our fair share. Of By the way, thank sure. you for sharing that. Cause yeah. that was freaking awesome. And like, <laughs> but here's the thing though, like, okay, day one, look, man, like when you have a startup and you have a business, when you're an entrepreneur, just, you know, one thing I, I don't like making promises, but I can promise you that you're going to fail a lot yep. no matter what. And you're, so whether you, you see yourself as this or anything, you're innovating right. things and that means they don't come with an owner's manual. Right. No. So like, did you create policy after that? If you slice your hand open and pass out during, while, while breaking thing. the immersion, is right. that the correct terminology? Sure. Yeah. Then do this, then go get an ax and put me out of my misery. <laughs> we just celebrate every opening that I don't pee my pants at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, you know? that's it's the like, hey. Dude, 
we just had open in Seattle. I didn't pee my pants. And you and know so what? Now, good. now we can truly be optimistic <laughs> and we can say, look, every opening past that went way better. Yeah. But to your, to your point earlier, right? You talk about consultants, you talk about people who are wiser than you are. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of people who are, I don't yeah. know about you. There's a lot of folks who are a lot smarter than me. Oh dude, almost all of them. And I think what was fascinating for us in, the, you know, we've been open for four years. We've gone from two employees to 220 employees across six states or whatever. And like, it's been a trip and we've yeah. had to learn, like dude, I was a high school guidance counselor. I didn't go to business school. I didn't figure this stuff out. I didn't have someone who just told me. So it's, you have to find a lot of it in real time. So by, by the way, I've been to five colleges and now I'm a junior. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm getting there. Well, by the time as you're 26, gu- you might As graduate. my guidance counselor, uh-huh. um, I'm going to need you to help me determine Deal. my path. Like it's, I have a feeling I'm going to have to redo a lot of these Probably so. They time out, right? I think you're going to be okay. After like 10 years. They do. They do. But what we struggled with early on was this idea that our business was too different. It was a new industry. It was too different than other things. And so we're like, how do we get advice from folks? Yeah, Because they don't understand what we're doing. And what we've come to realize is business is business, right? And we've gone through the kind of the same trajectory as a lot of the startups of like, hey, you get to a point, but then you realize that what got you here won't get you there. And so you have to make them some decisions. You know, I think of October of 16 or 17, um, we had to lay off some staff. Yeah, You know, we, we bit off a little bit more than we could chew. Um, got to the point that we saw four, six weeks out in advance, we weren't going to make it. Yep. And we're like, this is not good. We got to do something about this. Right. And now, so, by the way, that's, I mean, and that's what you have to do. Part of being successful in business oftentimes involves making tough decisions sure. and, and actually making them. Right. Because here's the thing is like, in the end, the business needs and what you're creating your goal should be to make it bigger than you. Right. And in order for that to occur, it has to a survive. Right. And, uh, you know, and not paying people for their work and stuff like that is not, is not, not the way option. to do it. No, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. an option. And I mean, it's so, and if you're, uh, I know the answer to this question, but I mean, how many pay periods have you gone without paying yourself? And you, yeah. if you just want to say a lot, I mean, that's, you know, fair. we've uh, like for better or worse, for better in my case, we've, we've done really well. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. But at some and point so, you probably didn't pay yourself. There have been the some way. pay cuts yeah. at times yeah. to yeah. get through seasons for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and we've, we've made, I, I I'm always going to not, my point is, is I won't pay myself right. to pay absolutely. you because that's way more important to me than it is to anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we've, I mean, we've gone through seasons where we maxed out the personal cards to get through a season, it. you know, and, um, done and it's it. funny because you get, there's you not through. much I haven't leveraged for the sake of my <laughs> business. I mean, like it's, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's and calculated kids, And risks. kids, you will still get to go to college. It's as, calculated as, risks, As long right? as it's a state school and you're on scholarship. <laughs> you can go to any um, one of the five colleges that you've tried out, right? Yeah. Well, a couple of them are junior <laughs> colleges too. So they're probably quite affordable, especially yeah. if they stay in state. Sure. I'm really, you know, I, I, we're here in Kansas City for those of you that that uh, um, aren't, aren't familiar with where we're at. We're right in the middle of the country yep. and uh, I'm from Kansas. So I am already trying to embed my daughter with the concept that she should go to Kansas University because yep. I am a Jayhawk. Rock Chalk. Yeah, all the day. Are you Jayhawk? Oh, yeah. All right, rock on. Yep. I mean, it's for those of you listening, if you don't like KU, eh, I don't like you. No. I, I've actually interviewed people and taken them by surprise. I'm like, okay, I really love everything about you except for the fact that you went to K State. Yep. And they look at me like they're kind of, oh, what? And I'm like, I'm just kidding. But maybe rivalries not. are fun, but don't wear purple in here, especially on KUK state game day. Okay. So, you know, failure, adversity, the ups, we talk a lot about the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any, and I think the thing that's important to keep, you know, we'd God, if you've listened to all 150 some episodes of this, first off, thank you. Second off, I'm sorry. But third off, you have definitely heard me and everyone else say like, okay, one, it's okay to fail. Two, you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs, man. This is not an easy way of life. We choose it for ourselves and mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. But so here you, all right. So you did well. With, I'm assuming you did well with Breakout Casey. We did, yeah. Because I heard that that way, and you don't have to get into this, but I heard that 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 if done well, that can be a very lucrative. Thing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, because you can be shoveling, you can be pushing people through. Sure. You have a set cost to create the games and yep. the experience and stuff like that. Now it comes down to your ability to market, get them in the door, and also deliver. 
a fun and interesting experience that isn't lame. Yeah. I mean, in the early days, it was a new thing and everyone just wanted to do right. it, which is why it grew so quickly is everyone was like, holy crap, there's this whole untapped market. I want a piece of that. And what's been really fun over the four or five years is now it's like, hey, how can you make this more like Disney? Like, yeah. how can you make this not just this escape room where you go do a couple locks? Like, how can you make this an experience that's worth writing home about? Um, and it's fun to see how it's kind of gone more towards almost the movie industry of we have to make the one, the stories have to be great Yeah. Two, the sets have to be great. The puzzle has to make sense. And, um, and you have to continue to, you can't, here's the thing is, is with an escape room. And by the way, I've never done one. The next, he's shaking the his head. Episode. He's like, damn you. Well, we're going to go to, we're going to go throw axes in, in Hawaii. Yep. Your next episode is going to be live. Live from, from Honolulu, and we're in the escape room. But then that would give away all the secrets. Sorry. I mean, by the way, everyone—that's uh, if you get out. Everyone already knew that my password was one two three four. Anyway, <laughs> you just got hacked. <laughs> I know, or password, or password one two three four. Um, so yeah, and if you want to hack my account at fullscale.io with that password, go for it. So um, you, so how you said three year, three three and a half years. You're over two hundred employees yeah. now. So I, I shared with you earlier at full scale. So full scale, we, we help companies uh, build software. Mm -hmm. Like there's a shortage of programmers and startup and tech companies need help. So sure. we help them build team and uh, teams of dedicated people in our office in the Philippines. So we get to 170 employees in month 13. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah. But, and, and fortunately we've had like, um, you know, amazing leadership both here and there, but yep. good Lord, like so much to figure out. Um, we had a lot of experience and ever since the very first moment we opened the office, I referred to it as franchise unit one and it, and we're not a franchise either, but I wanted to have that franchise mentality. Sure. So it was repeatable and easy to like, so when we want to open in Manila or somewhere else or yep. anywhere, it, things were clearly defined. Mm -hmm. So people, partners, employees, they want that. Yep. They want that clear cut definition, that owner's manual and stuff like that. Have you, has it been a challenge to keep up with your yeah. own growth for and those I, reasons? And I think it's pretty clear to see that this, this wasn't your first business, right? Like no. you probably learned some of those things of like, oh my gosh, we actually need to create clear boundaries and we need to put these processes. I, I learned that we needed them, but I also learned that I wasn't good at documenting them. Sure. And that's where our COO, like Daryl, if you're listening, like you're awesome at it. Yeah. I mean, he has made flow charts, documents, like, I mean, everything from like so important. containing links to forms and just these little things yeah. that, so, you know, there's this term that um, my friend Blake Miller, the founder of Homebase, I don't know mm -hmm. if you know Blake, he's here in Kansas City, but he says time arbitrage. Yeah. And the thing is, is you can't get that time back. So the, the you think about the value of savings and time from preventing people from, well, A, if given the opportunity to do a bad job, most people kind of will if you don't give them the tools to do a good one. Yep. So you force people to do a bad job or whatever, but it's just also that time that gets sucked out of every business looking for a form, looking for a document. What do I do? How do I do this? Yeah. And then keeping that standard. So uh, I would imagine with what you guys do, that's a key ingredient because you don't want it to be a different experience no. other than the actual, like what I might see. You talk about opening the, the uh, world-class axe throwing venue. Sure. But the, but the process and everything else should be similar to like the Absolutely. one I went to, right? You know, and if you go into our facilities around the country, they look different, right? Like yeah, sure. They have to match. They're going to be different shapes and whatever and different zoning requirements and certain things too, right? Right. But the idea is, yeah, there has to be consistency in the product that you receive. Right. There, there just has to because there's nothing worse than like, oh, man, did you go to that restaurant? Yeah, it was garbage. I'm really excited. That was awesome. And you just learned there was a different chef in the kitchen. Like sure. You can't, you have to say that, that, that that's that, not that, consistent. It, it, that can't happen. Yeah. And that can't happen if you're going to grow it. And I think in the, in the really early days, and again, this was me, um, fresh out of guidance counseling, like just thinking, Oh, I, I think we can do this. Let's give it a shot. And by the way, how, the, how the hell did that happen? Cause we'll it's get to not that in a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's not a traditional path. No, Most no, people aren't not. like, so I'm, I'm, and were you in a high school, a grade yeah, school? Like yeah, I was were? at a prep school here in Kansas city. Okay. Um, Hopefully not one that I went to. This is a great one. It wouldn't open anywhere there. We'll I, went to, in a I went to a couple high schools too. I go to, <laughs> I've been to a lot of schools. Yeah. But, uh, you're, you're throwing me off. You're throwing. So when we first went, you know, from zero to a bajillion, it felt like 
if you think of a metaphorical like tall tower is like, dude, we were just propping it up. Like we saw the opportunity that we had, but we we're just propping it up. So we weren't creating those processes. It was a very laissez-faire style of leadership of we brought in people who I trusted. And I was just like, hey, man, do your best and let's see that and hope that it works. And from a leadership perspective, I think because I was on site and active and Ryan was on site and active, it was really easy to follow the model of hard work that we had set, right? And and we didn't have to create the manual because they could just see us doing the thing in but real time. But you can't create the manual before you open any of right. the business. Well, for it's, some businesses, you might be able to, but not for this it's one. It's like making yeah. a map, right? Yep. You can't make the map until you go out on the trail and you're like, oh True. my gosh, that's where the lions live. And like you write on the map, lions live here. And then you come back and you try a different way. And so when we first opened Hawaii was really when we had to start making those processes because again, we went Because you bizarre. can't drive right up the street and go, no, hey, and it's like, yeah. if something goes wrong, it's 3,800 miles. It's a 12 hour flight that you have to book 12 hours in advance. Like if something goes wrong, it's a day to like, I, I, I went, our office is 8,500 miles away in 13 win. time zones. I'm only half the man that you it, are. Matt. Not true. Not true. Cause here's the thing is, well, that's just a matter. It is really just a matter of hours, but mm -hmm. dude, it's not easy to just jump on no, a plane no. and go to Hawaii. No. And so creating those processes, you know, I was talking to a coach yesterday who's been really, really successful. And I think over the course of the last like 12 a years, coach? yeah, a volleyball okay. coach and their okay. team has gone like something up. It's like 365 and 17 over the last 10 years, Not like bad. absurd numbers. Yeah. I was like, dude, so, you know, when you're talking to your team, do you talk about wins and losses? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, winning is the outcome of the process that we've True. created. Yeah. And that's, I think but, that's, but so is making money. Sure. And so many, and I'm sure you've got the same question or people implied or they're trying to get there. Like, how do I make more money? Mm -hmm. You have to stop thinking about money. You have to get good sure. at something. You have to like the money's a byproduct of becoming good at something right. in most cases. Doing something better than the person who needs it can do themselves yes. or yeah. easier or faster. So you or... got to focus on being be being better at what you do. Mm -hmm. And and so instead of putting your focal point on money, 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 like you still can be there, but money should be your way of keeping score. I don't know, man. For the level of expertise you're achieving. That if if I just sign up for this great product, that it's gonna be so easy for me to make money. I just have to get 20 more friends to sign up who gets 20 more friends to sign up that's, that's actually called we, a ponzi scheme dang it it's, yeah. it felt it felt fire what's his name bernie last name madoff or <laughs> bernie m bernie m yeah <laughs> so and i have a bridge that i would like to sell you sometime between now and and eh, really whenever you're ready to give me that significant yep. down de de deposit yep um so i want to hear the guidance story counselor sure. but but I actually want to immerse you in our own interactive experience okay. of playing mixtape. So mixtapethegame.com, digital version coming soon. I drew a card mm -hmm. from the mixtape deck, and I'm going to read a scenario. Now, technically, well, we'll see where this goes, but I'm going to read a scenario. We're both going to name a song, and then we're going to determine whose was best. And here's the problem is you're not supposed to vote for yourself, so we're immediately going to stalemate. So we're going to have to reach a consensus, or this episode may never end. At which point I'll need you to call my wife and tell her I'm going to be late. Fair. Track one of the best road trip mixtape ever created. I could kind of like the first song that popped into my head was trucking by the grateful dad. I'm like, you know, got my chips cashed in. I mean, that'd be a good one. And or honestly, another I'm one could also be like schools out for summer. That's a good Could one. Could be a good one. I'm not even a country guy, but it's okay. Uh, great day to be alive. Travis Tritt. Is that that's Travis Tritt? Maybe. If you and don't know it, you have to sing it. It's uh no, I know it. And the question is, do you know it? No. Um and it's just like good vibes, you know? Like, okay. it's a great day to be alive. That's my voice. You yeah, like you have the voice of an angel. Um, and it's both mats uh, have the voice of an angel here you know, on I today's think, episode of Startup. I think Hustle. it sets the tone of like gratitude. And if you're gonna road trip, you gotta remember like, hey, it's not you're not going to get to Manila overnight. Like, yeah, there's, true. It's the trip, right? Yeah. It's just being a part of it and enjoying Western Kansas and enjoying Eastern Colorado. That's, like, a, that's, that's a tough ask. Right. To enjoy like, Western Kansas. But if you want to enjoy the road trip, yeah. you got to do it, right? It's true. You stop at that true. giant ball of twine. So we're going to do this. If you're listening, we are actually going to post on at Startup Hustle Podcast on Instagram where you can choose which mixtape answer you like the best you had we will clearly define the song by travis tritt and Great i'm gonna be alive i just don't know if it's by travis tritt. I'm that's still, the name of okay the song. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out between now and then Fair. and i'm going with trucking all right 
just cause I got Honestly. my, I, that's how I feel so many days now. I'm like, I got my chips cashed in. I'm just going to keep I think you're going to win. Maybe, maybe. Hey, just put on the There's survey, a lot. who do you vote for Matt or Matt, but don't put well, it. I was, by the way, thanks for giving that a, <laughs> dang it. You would think the guy from the escape room wouldn't give away the, the, the password of one, dang two, it. three, four. I'm so sorry. If you want to see a video of me cutting my hand off later, <laughs> I will be, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Don't. Um, anyway, yeah. Vote for us. <laughs> vote for, vote for Matt or Matt. But we've had a lot of fun with that because I can title things like Matt goes to the trade show yeah. or just something, you know, Matt pisses off everyone. <laughs> okay. So you're a guidance counselor. Yeah. And that's really the start of business is, is being a guidance counselor. So <laughs> No, hang tight. Hang with me. Hang with me for a sec. So I'll preface by saying I legitimately have liked every job I've ever had. Okay. Like I like to work. Right. right, I think that's, that's maybe part of the entrepreneurial spirit, but, um, yeah, I I had the opportunity to be a high school guidance counselor at St. James Academy here in Lenexa. Amazing school, amazing staff. I did not Um, go there. You didn't go there, but my first love was video. And so, um, you know, initially started with journalism and wanted to tell stories. And then I I vividly remember my first year of my, yeah, my freshman year of college is our professor walked in. They were like, Hey, there's this new thing called YouTube and I don't know what it's going to do to video. And I don't know if you guys will have jobs when you graduate. So welcome to journalism 101. And we're just like, what? <laughs> well, it was, you, it know, was you know what? That, so, but that, that is a thing. So I'm going to use this podcast as a similar example. I was sitting down, I, I had lunch with an unnamed personality mm-hmm. that is on some form of media. Sure. I'm not going to call you out, but they publish a podcast with it every day. And they were asking about our downloads and our listenership. And this is like a big box kind of thing. Like they have like, like way more, resources mm-hmm. than we do. We're like two dudes in a microphone right now. And we have some cameras and a couple money guns. Like what else do you really need? But the point is in the same point that came up with YouTube is the creator is in control now, right? Like I have the ability to broadcast this through the same exact medium that yep. they do. And we were talking about some numbers and I was like, Oh my God, we are like there. Yeah. Like our, here we are on the startup hustle yeah, podcast. There's... But, but the point is, is like, but while that symbol, I don't know where we're going with video. You were actually entering a golden age of video, sure, because that actually made it accessible. And then the phone technology caught up, and now I got a 4K camera in my pocket, right? And so what I what I did know at the time, right, is they were talking more like, where, where is this from a traditional news source? Like, right. uh, how, what? How is this going to affect news? That's really what they were trying to say. But sure. To get to get to it, hey there, taking photos. To get to it, um, so I, I I stopped doing um, I stopped doing video. I stopped doing journalism, and it just became kind of this side passion hobby thing for me. You know, all through growing up and through going through college. Well, we get to the point that I'm a high school guidance counselor, and I I showed this video to, to my president. I was like, "Hey, man! By the way, I created." Was this video. when Obama was at your at your this place? Was, this was before. So oh, this was okay. before we had got. I'd become a business person. I just had the video hobby, and so even though at this point I'm a high school guidance counselor, I was like, "Hey, by the way, if you ever need it, I make video. Like I yeah. can, I do video well." Yeah. And over the course of the four years, it got to the point that I was doing as much video work for them as I was doing counseling. And so we hired some folks to take over counseling. I wanted to just doing video, but the the real kicker was I had these summers off. And so in summers off, like I thought it was going to be just, just relaxing, like go chill at the pool. And that was, and I realized pretty quickly, like, I'm not a relaxed, go chill at the pool guy. Like I'm not I either. want something to do. Right. And so I started my first company just doing film. I called it Basinger Films. Started my first company doing film work, started with weddings and got into eventually doing a lot of fitness and restaurant work. Um, but it was the point where I was making more money in June and July than I was the entire school year. Yep. So it's like, man, maybe I should do that thing instead. Um, that allowed me the opportunity to get office space. This was before we work and things like this, yep. you know? And so, um, I, I had this concept to do a soda shop. Uh, so we've started, had the Casey soda company on here. Yeah. 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 That yeah. was my company. I nice. sold that company in 2016 to him. Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he brought it. We did that. We did a taste test challenge. We yep. did some other stuff. Like, yeah. cool. All right. Yeah. Nice. So that was my company, right? So and wait so a minute. We so, to, so to back up, you just try to start as many unconventional sure. businesses, but 
riches in the niches. Sure. So, Ab- absolutely. So, but, and you kind of did that with the video stuff. Now video. So also another thing I want to point out here. So my friend Travis Wright is mm-hmm. a, as a well-known crypto podcaster, but yeah. he's, he talks about stacking skills. Yep. And I, so I've done this with video myself and I'm not going to claim to be like Mr. Video producer, but I'm, I'm a prosumer. Sure. And I did it with my own stuff. Yep. And then some of the, some of like, go check. It's funny. Like go watch my, uh, YouTube video at the Matt DeCourcy YouTube channel where I talk about the day that I learned that some people pour the milk before the cereal. Well, what? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Can did I tell I just, you what I, I learned? Did I just blow your mind? Can I tell you what I learned last week? Do you know that's really a thing? I, I believe it because I learned last week that like on Netflix, more people watch with subtitles on than without. You know, I watch with subtitles on, but you know why? Do you have small children? I do. They're always screaming. They, yeah. It's hard to hear. I don't know, man. Like it. And then also some of the things that I watch, like just the language, like my children. All right, here we go. Fail boat. Yeah, I swear a lot around my kids. <sighs> I'm like a terrible parent in that regard. All right. So here's a question. You go to the movie theater. Would you prefer to have subtitles no. on them? Okay. Never there. So like in yeah. a, in a, the optimal viewing environment, you prefer without subtitles. Well, yeah, in that regard, cause it's going to be quiet. So here's the thing is I, at my, I'm, I'm 44 and I don't hear as well as I used to. Sure. I have a history of being around live music and stuff yeah. like that, dude, I'm like kind of deaf. Like when I'm in a room that has other noise going on, I do have a difficult it's time. Hard hearing sometimes and so some of it is maybe i'm just preparing myself for the worst years to come um but yeah so yeah uh that but you say more people watch with them on yeah it's crazy so i started i learned this last week i started texting all my friends and i was shocked to hear that uh, that that six out of ten of my friends in this very formal survey so but you took that information straight into your own scientific survey <sighs> it, just, it broke my heart okay so look and <laughs> where are we going <laughs> this well we're talking about weird stuff like largely people like people that pour the milk before the cereal so my wife told me that and i was just dumbfounded i was like like and and i've been married for a while and honey i love you but you know we both listen to about 25 percent of what we we say for the most part i'm being realistic here so she said that and i like stopped i was like wait what like i was just blown away and then i made a comment about it on my facebook page and the only and at that point the only thing that i had ever received more engagement on facebook about was either the announcing my children were being born mm-hmm. or that my books were coming out yep and it was like maybe up there with it. And I was like, wow, people are really passionate about this. Sure. So yeah. Anyway. But yeah, videos, I mean, videos good. And so so as an entrepreneur though, the stacking these skills and can and you know what? It it wasn't that hard right. to learn how to do it. This podcast started the same way. I, I started with like GarageBand. Yep. And then like I remember when I was like, I think I'm ready for mm-hmm. like Logic Pro. And, you know, 300 bucks later or whatever, 200 bucks later, like, you know, now in the defense of the quote, non-technical, I did have a history in the music industry. So I felt a little braver about approaching both, but it doesn't mean that I knew anything. You know, I learned video as a sophomore in high school. And it's funny for me, especially in the counseling role, I talk to people or when I speak about my, my path to where we are now and sharing about the successes that we've had, it's like, I, and back to something you said earlier. I had a skill, like not just an idea, but I had a skill that I could do really well. And to think that at the end of the day, when I was, when I was the point that I was doing, when I, when I left education for video work, it was like, I just left something. I got a master's degree in for something that I learned as a tangible skill as a sophomore in high school that had more, that had more buying power in the marketplace. That that was, well, it was also in demand because some of these things, much like the escape room, did for you at one mm-hmm. point, like certain things swell yep. past the end. That's like, exa- they swell well, that's, and spark. Yeah. Oh, I like what you did there. That is, yeah, that was strong. That was really <laughs> strong. Thank you. I, we appreciate good wordplay mm-hmm. here, but you talk about the same. So like the same thing's gone on with full scale. Like all of a sudden we found ourselves very well positioned and a, in a pocket of huge amounts of tech talent available mm-hmm. with direct access to a lot of people that needed help finding tech talent. Yeah. So like, that's how we grew so fast. And like, honestly, we probably could have grown faster. We've had to slam the, I don't want to say slam the brakes on, but we've tapped them and yep. at certain points. So I said, you know, for the greater good of ourselves, our sanity, our clients and our business, we have to be careful because we need to get certain things in line and mm-hmm. get our arms around them. Because when some of that's now, here's the thing is when you build a bigger company or what, what the, whatever you're doing, 
Um, if you lose control of this yeah. apparatus, it can be hard to get it back in line. Yeah, we doubled in size yeah. in 2018 and, and we've slowed down just a little bit. So we're doing fewer experiences, but bigger now. Right. And it's kind of the idea of like, man, we're multiplying some stuff right here. Yep. And we got to make sure we check the stuff that we're multiplying. Yeah. Like, yeah. We yeah. got to get it right here before. Well, we cause it just starts like, you, you remember those things you put out in those kids toys, you put out in the yard and you plug the hose in, it's got all like the hair yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just shooting in a million. Yep. Well, your business can turn into that. In Absolutely. Heartbeat. I mean, that is not hard to create. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is why you can get some of it back into control is the long, it, on the longer term outlook, you can also really like mess up some cultural things. Yeah. And, and create some bad habits that are hard to undo. Yep. So that, that, you know, it's not just about how big you can get and how fast you can do it. Sure. Some things I, I, I'll go, I'll let you, uh, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, it's it, so in my book, million dollar bedroom, I talk all about the first business I started that was really like the full-time thing that I did. It wasn't just a side hustle. And I talked about having to stop and undo the ball of rubber bands. Sure. So the question is, is like, how big do you want to make that thing? Cause uh, in software, they refer to that as technical debt. Okay. These are the shortcuts and the dumb things you do. Like, it, all right. So your picture frame example, right. You had to get your arms around that. Otherwise you were just going to be in the business of replacing the picture frames yep. or whatever. Yep. So that would be, that was an example of technical debt. Sure. So like with software, you make shortcuts or do certain things and you eventually realize you're like, I'm going to make this truly scalable. I'm going to have to go back and fix it. Yep. So you do have to pay this debt back and either that, or you have to continue paying the juice on it. Yeah. And that was, we, you know, with, with breakout, we were just going to markets that we thought felt good. It was like gut check. Okay, you want to try this other? Yeah, let's let's give it a shot. And sure, we did let's some open research. a store in Denver. But we tried to we tried to make sure that it would make sense. And I right. think again, we made more good decisions than bad. But with Blade and Timber, we were very intentional. So our first four locations, we went to downtown Kansas City. From there, we went to the Kansas City suburbs. From mm-hmm. there, we went to Wichita, which is kind of a mid market. Yeah, sure. And I went to Lawrence, which is a small college town, and we have great data about what our customer base looked like in those places about how many people were coming, what hours Are you we that working, exact? So. I mean, do you know, like, I mean, have a basic idea oh, yeah. of like the demographic. Yes. And so yes. that makes it a lot easier to market. What's really nice about our experiences show, yeah. is that they are waiver based. Right. And so with our, like, we have to, if you're kind of come throw an axe, you're going to have to sign a waiver. Yeah. And so with that, we probably, get, uh, we get good data on our customers. Uh, right. True. And so, um, it's allowed us now as we're really going to what I'd say phase two of the expansion of blade and timber, it's like, we know exactly where we need to go. We know exactly what markets we need to be in. And I think the most important piece is could we have gone and opened in every town of 500,000 people in the country and done it really quickly? We probably could have. We could have thrown some crap in the wall and saw Yeah, but stuck, then, then but you're back to that like, example. You're talking the, about it's fr- it's spraying in 10,000 directions. Yeah, Which hose lo- do we grab first? And, and what's the longevity of that, yeah, right? So yeah. it, when, when or if those businesses slow in any capacity, one, if you built the headquarters to support it, and two, like – why did you go into the, for, you know, Kansas City, we're in the West Bottoms, is, was our first location. We're about to move to Power and Light. But it's like, if you go into the West Bottoms of every city, like and, the, and so let me give some context to that. Yep. That's that's an older section of town that had its glory days and is now being revamped or, or the fact that it's old and classic is sure. its draw. There are, in Kansas City, there are a lot of people in maybe the suburbs who just won't go to the West Bottoms. They're yeah. like, ah, it's marred. Like, it but now it's coming up a little. Sure, like Hy-Vee Arena just, just right. got souped up. They're building some other stuff down there. And but, some, some of that being successful is also seeing the, the next cool place and getting planting your flag And so too, using, right? using your tech terms, right, is like there's a lot of places we could go in any given market where you're going to get the early adopters no matter what. Yeah. It's like the people who always want to do it first, it's like, dude, we could open up in the middle of nowhere and they're going to come because it's awesome. But it's like, how do you get their friends and how do you get yep. their friends, friends? And the way that you do that, the way that we do that is by making sure that we're in places where we have some sustainability and longevity. We're going to the best places of town now. Um, and so those were things that we got to go out and get good data and learn and, and now take a step back because all of a sudden, instead of doing these locations that we can just, throw a couple thousand dollars at the wall and, and go build. It's like, no, we're going to do it right. We're going to do this thing because it's going to last 10 years and we're going to sign a 10 year lease because we believe in this concept and its ability to be here for a while. There's something. To, and that just reminded me of, you know, the Vikings used to arrive on the shore and they would burn the boats. They're like, this, fuck yeah. it. We're not coming back. Yeah. We're here now. Light mm-hmm. that thing on fire. But I mean, that's kind of what you just described. Like, I mean, a 10 year lease, like, so you either have to make something 
work and you don't know, you don't know, like, are people still going to be into ax throwing in eight sure. years? I mean, maybe, maybe you have to pivot, maybe you have to do something, but I like that. I like that sense of commitment. So as we, as we kind of round out and, and shut and shut this down, um, what are a couple of things? So Matt, first off, congratulations on all of your experience. I, I really, I've enjoyed this. Um, and for those of you that, that, didn't watch on YouTube yet. So, you know, Matt is a, I can just tell you're a very positive, driven, energetic person. And I think that that's an important quality to maintain because look, it once again, it ain't always going to be pretty. Sure. And you got to go through a lot of shit. People are like, Oh, you're so lucky to have done well. I'm like, I didn't feel lucky last week. I worked 90 hours. Can't believe that you got that concept and you just did it. That yeah, was great. Yeah. Um, uh, well, ha- well, two things because one, um, we have been trading complisults lately. Like my friend, so my book that just came out was about the music industry, and my buddy Joel, who's in a band called Humphreys McGee. So people come up and be like, "I really love your early stuff." <laughs> I'm like, or, or like the startup one we've had. I, you know, your first startup was amazing. Yep. Matt, your first, what you did at Breakout KC was amazing. Thank you. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Have you gotten, have you gotten one of those along the way or something? Like, like I would think that with some of your stuff, it might be like, oh, you know, uh, oh, an escape room. How cute. Or something like not realizing like, hey, this is like a major thing. Like you get hundreds of people coming through here every day. That's one of the funny things about growing a startup, right? Is you'll have, like we have employees who have been with us for four and a half years who were there when I was the manager. Yeah. They're like, man, it was really cool when you were here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and there you, you go. To, That's it. Right you have there. to think like, man, it was. And, and to a degree. But that was a complisult. It was. That means like, oh, is. man, it was a lot cooler when you were here. What, yeah. what happened? Yeah. This has all gone down. It's like, man, how do you. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so you get um, rapid fire here. What are two or three things that you think are important to when it comes to starting your own business, being an entrepreneur, having a start, man, the thing, my kick right now is time management. And I know that that's a, uh, a pretty dude, vague. It's, no, term. it's not. You only get, you get so much of it every day. No I sat what. with someone recently. And one of the things that, that, that Apple has done, I'm sure Android does this as well, but like I get a report on my phone of how much I use it every day. Right. And, and I'll go when I meet with high school kids or college kids or, or young professionals, whatever, and I'll ask them, I'll be like, hey, pull up, you know, pull up how much time you've used your phone today. Yeah. And there's people who have been on their phone seven, eight hours. So where can you replace that time with like, something useful? Yeah. Like here, it, yeah. here, just the simple math blows my mind, right? If you just limit your phone time by an hour, yeah. that's 30 hours a month, which is the equivalent of nearly four entire work days yeah. that you can get back to do whatever the heck you want to do by making honestly zero adjustment now like, i literally wrote a book about that and like <laughs> that's like the whole crux is like what do you want to do in life how long will it take you to do it and how can you break that goal down into bite-sized yeah. pieces and replace shit that is of low value yeah man playing video yes. games looking at your phone getting drunk like it doesn't mean you have to never do any of those things right. but like and i say start with 30 minutes mm-hmm. Cause like, dude, that's 180 hours a year. You could like get a pilot's license. It's unreal. You could learn to actually be licensed Seriously. to fly a jet. Seriously. Not even just a pilot license, but a jet mm-hmm. with that 30 minutes a day yep. reinvested into yourself. Yep. And like, so you got to reverse engineer your own ex- success and bring that down. And, and, uh, at the bigger your business gets, the more you get sucked in. Yep. And that's and, where the time management comes. Cause with 220 employees if each one of them wastes two minutes of your day, that's an eight hour day. You know, I, I remember a meeting and we had, it's like 10 people and someone showed up late and I was just like, Hey, and I did the quick math and this is kind of a jerk move. I'll, I'll, I'll own You that, were three minutes like, late and there's 10 people here. You just wasted 30 minutes. You yeah. wasted 30 minutes and this many dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but back to the time management thing, it's like, you know, we have time to do the things we want to do. I think ever there's this, there's almost like a worship of busy. Like you go like, Hey man, how you yeah. doing? Oh, I'm, I'm busy. It's like, are you? Like, is that, is that because you made yourself busy doing stupid crap or is that because, is that because you're legitimately busy? And some days I'm legitimately busy. Some days you're putting out fires and cleaning up the plates that fell. It is often the former though, especially for people who are like, Matt, like, they're like, how did you, how do you have so much time to do this stuff? I'm like, 
I have the priority. same amount of time. Priority. And, and there's the assumption that I don't sleep very much. I'm like, no, dude. By the way, I roll with that too. They think I'm like a zombie or a bot because they're like, I mean, literally every one of my employees has pointed it out. They're like, do you yeah. sleep? I'm like, not a whole lot. Yeah. But I some. Yeah. But see, I do. I do sleep. I'm a man. There's oh, a lot of people who I got to make good decisions for. But yeah. to your point, I think time management is super important. Cutting out stuff that you don't need to do is is a huge thing, and then just simple, um, man. Some a, a value, a, an activity that moves you towards a goal or something that you want, which can also be like it doesn't. A goal might be to spend more time with your kids. Sure. So do thirty minutes less of one thing yeah. and do something. Other. There's a, I, I even have a free. There's a, I have an app. The Balance Me app is free I'm in the app it. store. You can check it out and it'll help you measure your own balance between your personal, professional, and physical life. There's this movie. I know you're trying to wrap me up. No, we're good. We have to, you know, I, I don't even remember Central Intelligence, I think, with The Rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah. You remember this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It won um, an Oscar, didn't it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that <laughs> Maybe it Maybe not. But there's this moment, right? So The Rock is like this uh, this overweight guy and he gets picked on and made fun oh, of yeah. in high school. And yeah. then you flash forward, it's a 20 year reunion. And now he's and The he's Rock. The rock. Yeah. And Kevin Hart is like, dude, what did you do? Yeah. And the rock's like, I just did one simple thing. I worked out every day for six hours a day for the last 20 years. <laughs> it's like, cause on a certain note, it's like, man, that's a really simple answer. Yeah. Like, Hey, how do you like, Oh, you want to start a business? Cool. Make sure you devote four hours a day to on the side to doing your I, business. I would even encourage you right. to take it down one level. Now you have that four hours, but what are you going to do? You got to figure out all the things that you want right. to do to put success together. And then just you do eat the elephant one bite at a time. And man. so, and that's, that's like, you know, taking apart what the rock said in that statement is it's like, Hey, it was like, truth be told, it was a simple concept. Like, Hey, work out for six hours a day, every day for 20 years. And you will be jacked promise you. Yeah. But like simple is not easy. Yeah, no, no, right? no. And Dude, so no, how do you no. take that easy simple... Is, easy is actually the low value activity. How do yeah. you take that that concept of simple yeah. and knowing the goal and deconstruct it into bite-sized chunks yep. so that you can actually do it? And reverse engineer and it, man. It's all steps. Yeah. Like, there's really no such thing as overnight success. No. I mean, and, the, and the people you think that were an overnight success, if you really talk to them, and I, I've known a lot of influential and successful mm -hmm. people. They're like, man, they're, I've been practicing this 10 hours a day for yep. 20 years. I didn't just get discovered overnight. Yep. Like, I mean, maybe one day I opportunity and preparation met an intersection, you know, like, and, and people think I got discovered. Yeah. Right. Well, there was a lot of, there was a lot of runway up to that. All oh, right. Man. So we have time management. Give me another one. Again, it's, it's stupid, but just discipline. Discipline and time management. If you have those two skills, I don't care what industry you get into. I don't care what job you're trying to do. If you can do the things that you say you're going to do and find time to do them, you're going to find success. I mean, self-discipline is just simple. It's described as doing the things you don't want to do at the times you need to do them the most. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, man, I plugged my book, Balance Me, which, by the way, like I made 99 cents on Kindle. So it's like accessible to everyone. Awesome. I mean, it's just cause like it's, but it's a realist guide to successful life. And like the very first thing I say in the book, like in the intro, if you're not willing to admit that you're your own biggest problem, just put the book down because you're going to be disappointed, <laughs> you know, and that yeah. change is hard and, um, and making a difference in your own life requires consistency, readjustment, sure. yep. and you got to be really like practical and honest with yourself. Like, like I said earlier, like, I mean, dude, thank you for sharing the story. Like that's an, let's be real. Like for most people, it's a barren, embarrassing story. I, you could have said, I just cut my hand and you're like, then I passed out and I peed in my <laughs> pants and like, I mean, but whatever, like own it. And it's, it's fun. And, yep. it, and you know, like it, but roll that into something like, Hey, I bet the next one's going to go better. Yeah. And it has been a, a great way to have rosy colored glasses. Well, you, know? you really can't do anything about the shift that's already happened. No. It's all, all about what you do going forward. Uh, I mean, I, look, man, I mentioned I went to five colleges and now I'm a junior. Like, I mean, and by the way, I did a lot of that in my mid to late twenties. Like sure. it, I had every excuse to just not be like, Oh, I didn't get a college degree. I don't care. Right. right. Like, I mean, whatever. Like I learned it on Google. Right. It's you know, fun. my business partner, Ryan, we joke because I have two degrees from KU. He started, but didn't finish. And so we'll yeah. be like, yeah, we have two degrees from KU. It, you know? that, so but it's like, what's, what's great at the end of the day, we're 50-50 on this company. 
his paycheck is the same that mine is, right? We're taking home the same amount, the same distributions. Yeah. And I had to pay a whole heck of a lot more to get to that point. Yeah. Um, but it's, by the way, it's funny I, that you just demonstrated what I call fact shaping. So I, I would, <laughs> I would do that. So my my co-author for my last book is is a rock star, and I was like, Joel, do you realize that between both of us, we've sold out Red Rocks fourteen times? Yep. He's like, wait. I'm like, yeah. There's a yeah. famous. I'm gonna butcher it. There's a famous quote of someone who played with Jordan. He's like, yeah. Well, we combined for fifty six today. It was a good day, and Jordan yeah. had fifty five. Yeah. <laughs> he had yeah. a free throw. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't and even that, know where I was going. Well, that's and that's right. probably a good time for us to wrap it up because between the two of us today, one of us managed to record a very successful podcast. <laughs> Is that, wait, was that the other way around? I don't know. Between, Do you know that between both of us that we have published 170 plus podcasts? Between the two of us, we own 12 escape rooms and axe throwing facilities. I'm looking forward to <laughs> exercising my lifetime pass based on that. Now, will they let me in at the door when I say that? See what happens. Give I'm going to say that between Matt Basinger and I, we have a very <laughs> large axe throwing empire. Just tell me your name's Matt. It's like, I'm, I'm Matt. Yeah, I love it when people name drop me uh-huh. and in places like that. By the way, it's funny. You could offer me to go to your place for free and try it out. I'd still pay. I mean, yeah, I would. I would because you know what? Like, I don't like it when people show up at my job and ask me for free shit. Like, it's, you know, but the same thing. It's just like, sure. you know, have respect for where people are doing stuff. So anyway, dude, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Go to bladeandtimber.com. Figure out where they're at. What's the escape room? breakoutkc.com breakoutwaikiki.com you can find everything we do at swellspark.com so swell like the ocean spark like a fire um he's never said that before uh, it's where we keep you updated you know one of the things we've committed to is our goal is to launch new fun interactive experiences uh annually if we can super cool i really kind of want to go do something at one of these places and do the podcast there and just kind of get that bring it yeah that'd be interesting and fun anyway thanks for tuning in check us out at startup hustle podcast on the gram see you next time Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.